0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Creation Podcast, the show where we discuss science that confirms scripture. I'm your host, Trey, and uh, my guest today is ICR research scientist and paleobiochemist, Dr. Brian Thomas. So glad to have you on today. Thank you, Trey. Uh, for all of our listeners and viewers, this is actually uh, a pretty big episode. We want to thank you for being here. This is actually our grand relaunch of this particular podcast. Uh, we're excited to get things rolling, especially with this new video format. Um, and for this episode, we're going to bring things back to the basics a little bit. So Dr. Thomas, tell us, why is creation science so important?
1: Creation science, well, maybe we should
0: say what it is. That's a very good point. <laughs> and then yes. talk about why it's What
1: important. is creation science? Uh, creation science, well, I'll tell you what it is to me. Basically, well, science—we know what science is. It's uh, using observations um, of repeatable phenomena, and you draw conclusions from those. So, I mean, we do it all the time. Everyone actually does science, whether they call it that or not. So, you look at things, and you you look at things again, and you notice how they work and how they function, and then you uh, you make your own conclusions, uh, you know, based on. I mean you can do it with your hair. Like if I use this hair product... Hey, that's unfair. Nah, you can't do it with your <laughs> I hair. I can't do it with my uh, hair. Let's say ladies do it with their hair. Okay. If I use this hair product, this is the result. Let me try it again, same result. Mm-hmm. And if it's a positive result, then you're going to keep that product. If it's a negative result, you're going to trash the thing. And, and So this is science. Right. You observe, repeat, observe, repeat. But what about creation science? So we have to... We have to use the word create stick the word creation in front of science because there are some scientific conclusions that have impact on origins. So when we talk about where we came from, where the world came from, where the universe came from, origins. Right. Then um, then we have we so what we do is we, we observe, we measure, we observe, we measure, and then we make a conclusion. And sometimes those conclusions impact on origins. In other words, we, we say, Well, we're watching we see this phenomenon. And um, and then we're going to wrap that into a, a broader perspective. So in our conclusion, we say, therefore, you know, if the world looks like this, it must have come from that. Right. And so when we do that process, when we slip it into a conclusion, you know, when when you frame your results into a conclusion, uh, then uh, then we have this big origins model. Uh, secular origins that says everything evolved naturally and there is no supernatural involved. Right. So that's kind of the, the... that's kind of how scientists are are taught and trained in the Western world and have been for, what, hundreds of years maybe.
0: Under that specific framework. Right. right.
1: And okay. so y- it's a bias against God. It excludes God as, as as even being in the realm of possibility to explain any phenomenon or any historical phenomenon. And so that's the philosophy that we have. So creation science steps in and says, you know what? Why have bias against God? Right. Maybe, he, maybe he's actually the best explanation. Maybe creation is the best explanation for, certain, um, for the origin of certain phenomena, mm. like life, for example. Uh, so, so what does that mean? So if creation science uh, describes the process of doing the same kind of science that secular scientists do, Observe, repeat, observe, measure, repeat. But when it gets to drawing a conclusion, a creation scientist, it, it now has a wider array of explanatory options. Right. In other words, creation science can can include creation or, or supernatural um, processes right. in their explanations of how things came about. But that's what it is to me.
0: Right. I I think that's a fantastic answer. Uh, you come from these different preconceived notions when you uh, when you actually start doing the science, and that's going to affect what your answers look like, right? So, uh, so if that's what creation science looks like to you, then why is it important in the grand scheme of things, uh, particularly to to Christians?
1: Okay, if if I'm a Christian, then by definition, I'm supposed to believe what the Bible says. Right. That's how you. Be, I mean, that's what. That's how you become a Christian. The mm-hmm. Bible says I'm a sinner. The Bible says I can't save myself. Um. That's where the the gospel is in the Bible, right? And so when I when I hear the words of the gospel, trust in Christ, repent of my sins, trust in Christ, then I'm I'm a Christian at that point. Right. I've got new life in Christ. But I learned all that information. I learned that gospel from this book. Mm-hmm. And this book says other things too, other things that, that it says, it it gives a history that undergirds that gospel. And that history goes back to Genesis. And Genesis is historical. And so it teaches us where things came from. teaches us how things got here, by the power of the spoken word of God. Um, Now, as a Christian, that flies in the face of what the secular model of origins teaches. You can't include God, no way. Um, you know, it says we got here, we got here by uh, the billions of years of dying. That's how you get new life. Right. But the Bible says, no, it was thousands of years, and it was the God of life created life. It wasn't through death. It was through from life to life. Right. And um, those kinds of things. So, so they're very different. So now, as a Christian, I look at this historical text in my Bible, and I have to say to myself, who got who got it right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it because they're they're totally opposed to one another? They say very different things from one another, the secular view about origins versus the biblical view about origins. So where creation science comes in, and why this is important for a Christian, is because creation scientists can come in and say, Well, yeah, you've got a secular view over here and a biblical view over there. And did you know that there's actually science? observable, repeatable, measurable, that fits what the Bible says. Right. It, it matches really well with what the Scripture's been teaching us in Genesis all along. And there's no, there's no scientific reason to doubt that part, those parts of the Bible. And so that gives Christians confidence that the same Bible that teaches us the gospel and how we can be saved through the Lord Jesus has the history in it that can be trusted. Be right. trusted, and so that gives us confidence that oh wow, uh, you know this is no longer like a God who's just sort of he cares a little bit about me and he cares enough to include some truth in his book. Now for a Christian, this becomes a God who loves me so much that he's willing and able, capable uh, of uh, of including everything I need to know. Right. and it've given me something that i can trust every word of and i can even trust the, the origins parts of this mm-hmm. and and so this is a fundamental question that we all come out of the box wanting to know where did i come from you know and the other one's where am i going right and then why am i here <laughs> and if the bible gives me yeah if the bible gives me the answers to those three most fundamental questions that we're all asking then and, and if science backs up what the Bible says, then I have more confidence than ever to uh, to go to the Scripture, you know, when it comes to answering those big questions and the little questions too.
0: Right. I mean, it kind of plays to the character of God as well. He gives you everything you need. You don't have to keep just guessing and making stuff up to explain things. Right. Right. So, but many Christians do. Yes.
1: We do, and we and we like to guess, and we like to fabricate, and we like to accommodate, and. So what what creation science says is there's no real observable substance. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you see out there in the world that that, um, confronts the Scripture? And so so creation scientists come in and say, um, not only do we see nothing that confronts the Scripture, we see plenty of observations that confirm the Scripture. Mm
0: -hmm. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Okay, so now to the other side of things. We do know that um, the evolutionary theory has a very strong hold on the scientific community, uh, our schools, uh, the media. You know, you can't even watch a kid's show without, you know, the writers throw in something about dinosaurs living millions of years ago, right? Um,
1: has this always been the case? Well, no. Uh, I would say that the secular view of the world, which started with old Earth thinking, it's so. I would say that's, that started up in the 1700s okay. in France and then later later in the 1700s over in England, and it started off as a minority of thinkers who wanted to re, reframe the history of the world from the biblical position of recent creation, mm-hmm. um, which I think Westerners back then in the 14, 15, and 1600s, they... They relied on the Bible for their history, right. by and large. And as evidence of that, you can read their writings. Um, there's anecdotes of, uh, of timeline. They were obsessed with timelines in the early Middle Ages. And so they would have, you know, I can trace my ancestry all back all the way back to Adam. So they would use their historical um, king's lists um, from the different nations and the tie, that tie those back, which we could still do today for some families. But... That that all started to fade in the 1700s, with key um, uh, key secular thinkers that leveraged their positions of influence in the scientific community of that day. For for example, we're looking at Comte de Buffon. I don't know how to say Comte. Are you are you a pro at pronouncing no, français? Uh,
0: English and English
1: only. English, okay. <laughs> yeah, join the club. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so this this guy was the the, the top um, uh, thinker. He was influential. And he wrote a thirty six volume work, uh, Histoire de Naturelle, or something like that, Natural History. Mm-hmm. And the very title of that book, Natural History, does what? It it rests the perspective that we get our history from written accounts, i.e., the Bible, and it just it just Pulls it right over into this totally d- different way of thinking, we can get our history from the rocks mm-hmm. and the fossils, okay which by the way, we can't right. <laughs> It's just rocks and fossils. they don't say when they got there. they don't say how they got there. You have to interpret them. you have right. to uh, you have to take a worldview and interpret the facts into your worldview. That's how it works and he did this, and you know if you were in the in and in the know. It's it's new and exciting way to think, and so you have to have the thirty six volume set on your you know library shelves if you back lived back then. And have you read this latest thing? So collector's item. Yeah. Collector. <laughs> it's every it, everyone's talking about it, and, and all the scientists um, uh, of the day and the thinkers of the day uh, were like, "Well, this is a new way to think." We, so there's a there's an excitement that comes with novelty, mm-hmm. and so that that started to tip the scale. Toward away from biblical history, the Bible being the foundation for history, toward maybe there's a different history uh, of the world, and so and so that was just one example. But we've we've got uh, over in England, uh, David Hume, David Hume, influential, um, and he did it by writing fiction. It's a, and, but he wrote a letter mm. to a friend of his saying the idea came to me that if, if it, well I think I have a, I think I have the quote. Here, if I could pull it up and quote it, for sure. If ever the mosaic geology could be set down without giving offense, it would be an historic, in an historic sketch. So here's here's Lyell saying we need to just just invent a history, right? And that's what he did. And Darwin read Lyell's book, and so Darwin applied this old age thinking to um, to all of life including biology so if you have all these millions of years or vast eons Mm -hmm. um, then what would you know then what would be taking place over the over the scope and scale of that of that historic sketch so anyway that's so old age thinking came in first Mm -hmm. through influences of scientists fiction writers and um, historic sketches that posed and masqueraded as science, but we're actually just, here's a new history. I just made it up. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: was about to say it's false history all the way down. And then here today, it's like everyone's, everyone believes it. Like it's ubiquitous. We can't get away from it.
1: Well, everyone believes it, but, and we, you know, we say it's radioisotope dating. Radio Mm -hmm. dating confirms it. Radio dating confirms it. And... When we say that, even scientists may not know the history behind. You know, the, the old day Earth philosophy came into vogue before um, radioisotope data were baptized into that philosophy, mm. because radioisotope, you know, dating didn't come in to its own until around the turn of the century, late eighteen hundreds, mm. uh, early nineteen hundreds. So, wow. but that's but that's long after the the elite, the scientific intelligentsia um came into play and and they they already decided yeah this is an old world
0: we'll graft this in after the fact because it sort of kind of helps right yeah hey this
1: this matches what we already believe let's Mm -hmm. cherry pick these data
0: yeah yeah wow oh well thank you that's that's a lot of information i know that that story is way more complex than you can condense in this very small time frame but you did an excellent job i appreciate that um so that brings us to you, a scientist. Uh, what about you? Uh, I, knowing you, know that you have not always been a creationist, uh, but could you share with me and uh, our listeners and viewers uh, what about your personal creationism journey? We'll call it that.
1: Yeah, I went from evolution to creation, mm-hmm. and it was tough. Um, it was tough because, you know, if you even consider for one half a second doubting. The facts and the truth of evolution in millions of years and the science that backs all that up mm-hmm. the, you know you're, within one second you're like what e- that means everything I've been taught is wrong and that means if if I doubt these facts and truths that are based on science blah 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 that 's what I used to think right then I'm going to be ostracized and so there's an immediate and visceral emotional reaction to that. It's like, I am just not going to go there. So, and then the, the will comes into play. It's like, I'm not even going to consider evidence against my position right? because I don't want to be ostracized. I don't want to be on the outs. Don't want to be kicked out of the club. I want to be in the club. <laughs> I want to have friends. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so that's, um, that's, that happened. And then let's see a friend of mine loved me enough to, and, and he understood the issues mm-hmm. and he understood even well, he understood that there wasn't that much science to back up the secular beliefs as what I thought there was. Right. Okay. And what I, you know, anyway, I thought I came from apes that came from fish over millions of years. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Genesis was wrong. It was Britain. It was mythical or, you know, it was just wrong mm-hmm. because science has proved that I came from fish over millions and billions of years. Right. And so you can't buck science, right? That's based on observation. Little did I know at the time that no one was actually there to observe these events. (laughs) (laughs) That happened so long ago, right? It's not actually science. It's just people who wrote uh, fake history Mm. down. And we all believe it. So anyway, he challenged me over and over. Persistently and gently, but firmly, he challenged me. Do you still believe that evolution? Do you still believe what science supports it? Are there experiments that support it? And he kept challenging me like, I don't know. It's just true. Everyone believes it. It's just true. Well, true based on what? You know, based on Mm -hmm. what? And um, you know what? Stop asking me. I got upset at him one day. Stop bothering me about this. And he said, okay, I'll make you deal. If you read this creation science book. You can't even get the words out. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, it was like quack science. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't want to read this junk. But A, so I said, you bet I'll read it because I'll refute it Mm -hmm. and show you how dumb you are for... Doubting the facts of evolution and science that backs it up. So, I read my first creation science book basically on a dare mm-hmm. and uh, was ready with pen in hand to refute everything it said. Turns out the book was titled Scientific Creationism. It was written by the uh, founder and longtime president of the Institute for Creation Research, mm-hmm. Dr. Henry Morris. And I read that book and I could not refute a single statement in the entire book. And wow. so I got, and, and in fact, I got to the end of that book, and I was, just, I was just overwhelmed with how much science supports what the Bible says, about where we came from. Mm-hmm. And so my whole view of the Bible changed, my whole view of history changed, and um, my view of God himself changed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because God you know God went from like a wallet-sized picture that I could fit in my wallet to a God of the universe can't even contain. He's outside the universe. I mean Boom, he just, he expanded, you know, and my appreciation for him grew yeah. and my respect for him grew and my um, admiration for his loving kindness increased when I realized that he wrote down exactly what he meant to say and it's defensible mm-hmm. and I can trust it. So that was the result. And so, yeah, as I was reading that book for the first time with the skeptical pen in hand, Uh, I just can, I can imagine God upstairs, you know, looking down and going, I've got plans for you, bucko, (laughs) because now I work for the same institute that I was mocking, you know? Uh, So that's, that's how that happened.
0: That's awesome. That's a crazy story. Honestly, like uh, I was also, you know, I was kind of raised in a, in a Christian home and just growing up, it, it's It's one of those things where like you don't recognize how much evolutionary science you get fed um, until you reach a certain age and you just kind of have to like, man, what am I going to believe? So it's, it's crazy that that happened that way. It's almost like you can make a movie out of that, right? So maybe, maybe, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, so from a personal standpoint, then beyond your, your creationist journey, uh, I guess a continuation of that. Why did you become involved with ICR specifically?
1: Well, well, two things. I wanted to become involved in creation apologetics, which okay. is defending the faith using science that supports Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to see the same change that occurred in my heart. I wanted to see that change in other Christians, mm-hmm. and I want other. I want the whole world to know. Um, Look at this science that really does support the scripture, whether it's um, evidence in the rocks for rapid deposition or whether it's uh, fully formed um, uh, creatures found in all the fossils, Mm. no evidence of transitions. Um, Let's look at these. Let's look at these facts and see how well they support scripture Uh, because then that would lead to this sort of, oh, wait a minute. I can actually trust the whole Bible, mm-hmm. and I can trust God completely as the one who is the ultimate author of this whole Bible. Right. Um, that's the transformation I wanted to see in other Christians. So I've had that passion since my transformation after reading that first book. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, how do I do this? Like, how do I introduce this to Christians who were like I was, in as much as I was reading the Bible. And I wasn't sure which parts of the Bible to trust and which parts to kind of go, yeah, that part's not right. Yeah. And
0: we'll take scissors to it. We'll take yeah. scissors, I yeah. guess,
1: maybe, and or an eraser. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, but which parts do I erase? And you know, what what process or procedure should I use? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's how do I make this consistent? And then <laughs> there's it turns out that there's no way to make it consistent because all these passages hinge on one another and refer to one another throughout mm-hmm. the Scripture. So anyway, um, that's the the passion I had, and um, so I I had opportunities to teach my own kids, raise them, um, had opportunities to uh, to teach in Christian schools, um, private schools, universities, mm-hmm. and then when ICR moved from San Diego area to Dallas in 2007, I read about it in Acts and Facts, which is our Free magazine, right. and I was a subscriber for a long time. And I thought, ooh, they're moving to my backyard. And so, you know, I had even gone to ICR graduate school in, in 19, uh, 1995, I think.
0: Don't worry, we'll, we'll cut that out. Cut that out. No Way one will know. Way back <laughs> in
1: 95. So, so I went to California to, to go to grad school mm-hmm. for, a, for a session and uh, because I always thought, I want to go to ICR, I want to do what ICR does. Right whether it's with ICR or with my, all by myself or with another group, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but I kept praying, Lord, ICR would be so great to work for them and with them. And anyway, um, they moved to Dallas. So a friend of mine said, well, why don't you just email them? So I did and had dinner with one of the scientists here. And uh, one thing led to another. And, I, and then I, um, I, needed a, I needed a job. Mm-hmm. I found myself needing a job. So I reached out to ICR and the and the scientist i reached out to e- emailed me back said funny you should ask about a position at icr because yesterday we had a, a board meeting where we opened up a new position yeah uh, and so you might want to consider it and it was a position for a writer mm-hmm. and i thought i spent 24 hours praying and thinking well i'm a teacher not a writer i'm a teacher not a writer mm-hmm. and i had to bend my mind around this concept of but have i written can i write can I, you know, am I enough of a writer to apply f- for a position as a writer? Mm-hmm. And then I, basically, I pulled together a portfolio of things I had written, uh, reviews, things that were published, um, summary articles, and I pull all that together. And um, my the guy who worked at ICR at the time loved it and hired me. Mm-hmm. And so I've been I've been happily uh, employed at the institute ever since then. That was that was two thousand and eight. So that's how I came to ICR.
0: Well, man, thank you so much for sharing your story. That's really incredible to see how God's worked through your life in that way. And that you can also encourage and help others grow in their faith. It's it's honestly really amazing. Thank you just for all your time. Uh, We're so glad that you're here. And for all of our viewers and listeners, Uh, thank you for tuning in Uh, make sure to subscribe like Uh, you can find this podcast on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts Uh, make sure to share so that other people can find us Um, and we'll see you next time on the creation podcast